Say It Skillfully is about being who you really are and saying what you think needs to be said, even at work. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. Join Molly Chang today as together we break the silence, learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in life. Hello, Molly here. Welcome to Say It Skillfully, helping you find the words to create your reality in a way that's true to yourself. I hope your week is starting with your family and yourself safe, healthy, and happy. And we'll get right into my first caller, and I'm very happy to introduce Jilly from the Denver area. Jilly, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. It's fantastic for you to join, and I'm, I'm interested on the question or scenario you have for me. Yeah, so I'll go ahead and get started. So I am a fourth grade teacher, and we've just made the shift to online learning due to everything that's happening right now. And I have a situation with a student. So we have kind of an up and down relationship. She is a really good student, but doesn't like feedback or um I guess, help in any sense of the way. She gets upset when I try to help her out or give her some ideas, anything that's different kind of from what she's been doing. And we were getting really a stronger relationship towards the end of the year and things were going really well. And then we made a shift to online learning and it kind of threw everything out of whack for me and this student. And I'm having a hard time kind of communicating with her, trying to support her. And then on top of that, I've been communicating with her parents during all of this and having a really hard time with that. They sometimes receive emails and feedback really positively. Other times they don't like what I have to say and get really upset, really defensive. So it's kind of a tricky situation right now. Wow, for sure. I appreciate this scenario. And first and foremost, thank you for being an educator. And this is the (laughs) most important thing. And I'm really grateful that you're out there helping our young people, you know, the future of our country. So thank you for that. Thank you. Okay, so um, kudos on the progress that you made. And I can see the little bump in the road. And I've got a bunch of family members doing the online learning. So I have a lot of compassion for both sides because it's new for the teachers and it's new for the students so mm-hmm. to uh, you know support yourself Jilly you're trying to do the right thing and so you know I, I know it can be hard if it's not going the way you'd like but do give yourself credit and, and some self-compassion you know you're trying hard and it will get there but don't be too hard on yourself okay because I think that you know we don't need to be our worst enemy on that part um, so first with the student I think it's often you know, and I'll just break this out as kind of the relationship part of, mm-hmm. um, and then the task part. The task might be giving the actual feedback. And I know oftentimes we want to get to the task part and it's, yeah. um, it's, it's really actually the easier part. It's really 80% of the work and, and high performance is really rooted in the relational side. So give yourself permission to not worry about the feedback and think about what's going on for the relationship. And so you know, if you have a period where you're, maybe you're not trying to give any feedback and do, do a step back and say, you know, I just want to do a checkpoint and perhaps you're doing this all students so you don't necessarily have to single out a student and say, mm-hmm. let's just call this, you know, Susie. So Susie, you know, we've made this shift. I know it's been a big shift and I, I just want to know how it's going. And so if you can get into a conversation 
Um, and through the conversation, you, it's information for you, what's going on, and acknowledge what's going mm-hmm. on with the person. And then, and this, I think, is obvious to you, because you're obviously here for this to help Susie to learn and be great. But to create a partnership and say, you know, one thing I've never been explicit with, and I want to, to, to do this with you, is I'm really here. Like, my whole mission in life is to help you be the best you can be. There's nothing that's going to be more rewarding or meaningful for me than that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. And just to see, you know, because I think sometimes people don't, you know, I know that the, what, that's what a teacher is, right? Like we think that's, yeah. that's the person who's really here to help you. It may not be so obvious. So to connect the dots and then to say, mm-hmm. you know, so everything I say for you, Susie, you know, I hope it comes across that way, but it's really about what I think is going to help you and just pause, right? And see where, she, where she's at. Yeah. And then, right. Then you might notice that, you know, I, we're, we're really doing really great in, in class. And then, you know, this, this whole world situation happened. And I feel like there was a bit of a shift. What did you notice? Mm-hmm. So I'll just pause here for a moment. Let that land. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think that would be really helpful just to kind of check in with her and see where she's at. Make it feel like a conversation where she can say what she's feeling and what she's thinking is going on, too. I think that would be helpful. Super. And the ability to invite her um, input, you know, I'm here to help you to learn, to help you grow. How could I be better at that? Mm-hmm. So it just gives, and she may not have an, uh, anything to say, which is totally okay. It just is an empowering question and it shows how you're willing, you know, to listen to her and it's a back and forth. You know, obviously it's a two-way relationship. Yeah, I like that. Awesome. So let us now shift to the parental units, as we used to call our, our parents uh, in school. Um, I think a similar approach as a checkpoint. Um, and then, you know, it, it's a bit about, you know, I want to help your child and um, we may, that may appear different for us. Um, so mm-hmm. what's going to help us be a great trio here in support of Susie? We're all here about Susie. And, and, you know, I've done this with teams saying, you know, what are a few characteristics? So I'd like to be able to be very open and forthright. And they might say X, Y, or Z. But how do you co-create? How do we want to be with each other? And then yeah. you can throw it, yeah, throw it out there that you know at some point there may be things that are hard to hear. Use it mm-hmm. those words. Just say, hey, I know sometimes, you know, this is your, your baby and they're perfect. You know, I, I, I get it. You say sometimes there may be some hard news. So when I share that, you know, I, I, I sometimes felt like it hasn't landed well and just kind of start to put it out there so that they can flesh it out at a point when they're not defensive. Mm-hmm. Pause for a moment here. Does that feel like something that you could work with these particular parents? Yeah, I think having that conversation would be good and just leaving it open for them and for me instead of just kind of going in there with like a bunch of feedback or things that have happened. Yeah, it's great to go there because I don't want you to to um, not confront some of the things that may have happened. And because you're a teacher, you know, if you have this conversation, so we just talked about it. So let's just, as an example, revisit what happened and a neutral, you know, no one's bad or wrong and just say, you know, this is what I perceived happened and see what they say. Mm-hmm. And if you start to get defensive rather than say anything, say, oh, I'm just noticing the tone of voice has gone up a little bit. Mm-hmm. 
So again, it's hard. I get it because it can be hard for you because you're like, well, you know, so it's <laughs> so you gotta really breathe. <laughs> yeah, and and try to. Say, I use the metascalar energy of Switzerland, right? Very neutral, you know, very <laughs> objective. You know, and that, you know, that's a, a kind of lightness too, Julie. So sometimes mm-hmm. it feels like it's getting heavy, and they're getting, and so your ability to take the high road and stay light can be modeling for them that we can work through this tough time without necessarily, you know, making it a tough situation. Awesome. Fabulous. I appreciate your calling in. Do you have a top takeaway from our little chat that you'd like to share? Um, I think just kind of being neutral and entering a conversation where both sides feel like they can talk and kind of explain their side of the story and then kind of going from there to kind of resolve any problems. Beautiful. Uh, know that I am cheering for you. You know how to reach me. So if I can be of more help, you let me know. And I uh, appreciate you calling in and being part of the solution. You take good care. Awesome. Thank you so much. Ciao. Uh, before my next caller, just two reminders. There's another way uh, for more ways to learn to be saying it skillfully at my website. And that's www.sayitskillfully.com. You can sign up and you'll get an alert when I send out new videos. Um, And I invite folks who are listening in live to call in with your question or situation. And those numbers are 866-472-5790. Or internationally, you can call Collect at country code 1-480-398-3352. I am thrilled that my new LinkedIn connection, Darren, is with us all the way from Sydney, Australia, down under. Darren, welcome to the show. Molly, it's uh, wonderful to connect with you. And I I think it's been a couple of years that we've been connected and uh, this is a tremendous opportunity. So thank you very much. Oh, it's really my pleasure. And I do consider you a friend and some point when all this dust is settled, we will somehow cross paths live. That would be really terrific. Wonderful. So Darren, I imagine you have a particular conversation or situation you'd like to share today. Thank you. Um, What's been on my mind is that uh, with everything that's happening across the world, um, we have people leaders that are um, doing their absolute best to bring together their leadership groups um, to make sure that we can respond in the best possible way with the COVID-19 situation. And what I'm keen to do is give some guidance and think about how do we um, create an environment where those 30-minute conversations with the leadership groups I created in a way where we were able to express empathy for the hard work and what people are going through, um, but also enable the exchange of information that has to happen and then an opportunity for people to raise ideas and thoughts and um, new ideas of what actions we can take with the current situation, whatever that is. But I'm mindful that that's a lot to put into a 30-minute conversation when we're under a lot of pressure to um, deliver better outcomes for the people that we we represent. Yes, very good question. How do we pack more than we maybe can in 30 minutes in this new environment? Before I get to that, will you share a little bit for our listeners, what kind of environment um, are, are you in? Have you typically always been working out of the same office? Have you had people on virtual calls? Just give us a little bit of background, please. Thank you. Um, Uh, Like many others, um, 
the working environment that uh, I've been used to has been working across multiple multiple sites, but the majority of my time is in face-to-face conversations with people. Um, so whether that's half my leadership team or my entire leadership team, that's how we operate. But the new way of working is now it's it's all video conference and it's all via the phone. And um, that presents new challenges that uh, we need to think through. Got it. Thank you for that. So there are many thoughts, and I, I will send you some things that I have seen flying across LinkedIn that are helpful. Um, I think the the thing at this outset, because this is a new way of working, is not to, to feel the pressure right away, Darren, of like, I got to do, do, do. And I think that that's a really hard thing for a lot of leaders because we are typically, we gauge our our value, our worth by how much work we get done. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't be getting great work done. It does help at this outset to bring everybody to what we like to call shared reality about our situation. So you might dedicate a call to just be open about the fact that, hey, this is brand new. We're used to crossing in the hallways by the water cooler. Um, you know, have let people know in advance this is going to be a topic and, and let's co-create the way we want to be on these virtual calls so that each of us gets what we need and we get the work done. And so I would owe it offer that you use this opportunity for the team to feel like we're all part of this. You know, we're all part of the problem. If it doesn't work, we're all part of the solution when it does and to invest some cycles in that. Um, So I think doing that sort of thing sets the groundwork and, and hopefully, you know, you really over, over reinforce the fact that, you know, I understand some people of you have kids running around, there's animals running around, your spouse is working at home. It's really hectic. I do think leaders helping set the expectation, you know, we're going to think about productivity a little differently. I know everyone here is working really hard. I don't want people stressed out. I don't want people thinking you have to be online, you know, every minute of this XYZ time period. So start to normalize the fact for everybody um, and then, then come together saying, I know we want to do our best work together. And then we can talk about what, what that would look like. So let me just pause there for a moment. How's that land for you? Uh, firstly, I've got to say, it, it feels good hearing those words. And it's about, I think, scheduling time um, to allow the space for those conversations, acknowledging that um, people in leadership roles, they do have um, immense pressures and it's acknowledging those pressures and then providing the space to have the conversations around this is the new normal, how do we want to engage and look after each other and remain productive? Um, And I think those conversations separately uh, is a very, very good suggestion. That's great. And then as you co-create it, you know, and I've had teams jot it down and then have a chance to reflect on it, what are we doing well? Uh, what maybe what do we need to change? What do we need to amp up, be a little bit better? Um, and then as you go through and say, hey, it's sometimes we're going to have this real pressure to execute on tasks. So when we have those meetings, what I'm going to do is go around really quickly. Is there something on your mind that you want to share that happened to you that so that you can be clear? I actually had uh, this tool called the clearing. And I said, you know what? I have two kids with fevers and, you know, the refrigerator broke and that was on my mind. And now I'm clear. So you give people a chance to be the humans that they are. So we don't want to roll over it. But everyone knows that because we're under some pressure, we maybe don't have as much time and that you're there for them after. 
if they need it. So a quick round of clearing sort of thing, I think helps people get really present. Um, and then you can roll into the, you know, I would say the task part of, of, of work. The, um, the, that clearing idea is something I haven't heard before. And um, while we all want to be present in meetings, there are some things happening in our environment right now that will rightly consume our minds. It might be um, just prior to coming on a video conference that we've just had the latest news update or we've had a conversation with um, our family and maybe someone at the school has um, uh, got some flu-like symptoms, etc. And these things are compelling and it's right that they should focus our minds. So I, I do like that suggestion of a quick round to clear and get those thoughts if people want to share and then we can switch to um, some work things that we need to do. But not discounting that the other matters are um, important and probably even more important. Yeah, let me just focus on it. I actually think, and, and I have, I'm on the board of a company, and people first is a part of the culture. They really do walk the walk. And I will tell you that, and they have a, a whole bunch of folks um, who are working on an hourly basis, and the management team all the way through, I said, you know what, we are going to make sure everyone in this organization knows that we value them as people absolutely first. And that our decisions um, are based on how it's going to affect you as a human being, not about the profitability bottom line. Obviously, that weighs in. We want the enterprise to be able to, you know, bear through this tough period. So we're not being unrealistic. Uh, I just encourage, and I know you're a very compassionate person, Darren, and to never feel bad about letting folks know that we value them as human beings. We know that they have feelings. We know people aren't perfect. Um, and being, you know, leaders being real is just such a great, that's the best thing in leadership. You know, if you can let people realize, you know, you can be who you really are. We're going to respect you. We're going to want you as our teammates still, you know, for all the imperfections that we have. Yeah, the, the, the people that um, you, you meet in different uh, new environments where it's a conference and you have a, a speaker set up, um, stand up and start talking. Um, when when they present in a way that shows their true self and they're authentic and they make a bit of a joke about themselves, but you instantly get to understand that they are being real, they're being compassionate and they're connecting with people on a people-to-people basis. Um, I agree with you. That's, um, that's the, the value of leadership and I think we're seeing some excellent demonstrations of leadership coming out of your hometown of New York at the moment, which I'm monitoring. Um, um, it's just inspiring. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. I find, find that the same way. You know, just to, uh, to build on that a bit, Darren, I'm wondering in your own leadership journey, mm-hmm. did you have someone who um, signaled for you that you could be who you are? Has that always been something you've been able to do or was that something you grew into? I'm a bit curious about that. Um, well, I remember a conversation I had with someone um, 20 plus years ago and we were talking about where we wanted to be in the future and I remember the conversation I was talking about this is the place and what I wanted to be doing and um, trying to positively impact the highest number of people's lives that I could and the person I was talking with said um, what's your plan to get there and I said oh I don't know and they said well you're not going to get there um, and that was a, a turning point for me to, to think about, okay, well, uh, one thing is to know what it is you want to achieve, but then it's about 
gaining the experience and knowledge and engaging with other people to work out how am I going to build my capabilities and my connections to help me walk towards that journey. So I think that that for me was a turning point and it's one of saying that um, uh, where you want to get to is uh, it's not just going to happen and it's about how you think continuously, refine and engage with people who are either have been there or can assist you with similar conversations with this, I, I find that tremendously valuable. That's fantastic. I, uh, you know, I appreciate your humility and, um, and your being in good relationship with yourself. So I, I know I don't mind asking this, but would you share for folks perhaps some of the big learnings or a big learning or, you know, Gary Ridge, we've, we've heard him call them learning moments, you know, um, things that maybe didn't go the way you thought that were really pivotal to you being the leader you are today. Um, there's probably a scenario based on um, when when you attend a meeting and um, you're in an environment with 10 other leaders and there's a, a differing view put on the table and, and you have a, a view of um, how things should go and it, you, you hold that strongly. Um, and I think in the past I would put that view strongly on the table and then that would result at times in conflict. And what I've learned is that's, that conflict often doesn't need to be created um, in a way to get the outcome, the best outcome for the topic that we're dealing with. And what I've found is that by identifying um, the areas of concern, um, so an, an example is to say when someone puts a proposition on the table, instead of saying, well, my view is this, another way would be saying, um, have we thought about this? And with a view to saying, well, here's some risks, some risks that could be identified if we do take the path that's being suggested. And then two things happen. One is uh, the other person that's put that idea forward has can say, yes, we've considered that risk. This is what we've discovered. And that's why we still think this is the best course of action. Or the other person would say, hmm, good point. Haven't thought about that. Need to consider that further. And it makes or a much more productive conversation. And I think that approach in a whole range of settings um, helps to um, progress people's leadership um, journeys and it has definitely helped with mine. That's fantastic. I'll just point that out as the notion of curiosity, the metascore, the energy of just being curious and asking questions and, and really genuinely in a, in a neutral tone, not in a leading or judging kind of way. Um, bravo. That's really fantastic. Uh, so get back to your team. I didn't mean to, to sidetrack you. Are there anything else on your mind about um, this working with your team in this new environment? Um. No, it's, it's, it's probably the, the initial point around um, engaging with the, the team so that they can feel confident operating in this new way of working so that they're not feeling uh, isolated. And yes, we're on video conferences and the phones, but it's different to those personal interactions, which is very different. Um, and that it's okay for people to express that they're feeling um, a bit of anxiety um, for the new way of working and at the same time expressing that they're experiencing some anxiety for the new normal and the new way of working and that um, this experience in itself is going to be something that will change all of us and how we interact and how we work and how do we embrace that so that we learn from it 
um, to live so that we're operating in a better way in the future um, and at the same time staying close to people so that if they do start to struggle um, that we can provide the support them support to them to, to continue to bring them along and keep them connected to the, the wider team and organization. I love it. I love those two points. Um, um, and, and that first is just for listeners that we think about this, not like, oh my gosh, this has to happen, but this is going to make us better. So this is what's happening to us. We're responding. And to be sure, because of this, we're going to be better as individuals. We're going to be better as a team. And when leaders say that, it helps people realize, you know, we don't get better and grow without a little bit of pain, right? That's just part of the, the, the journey, right? We need to make some mistakes. It's not going to go perfectly. And showing that level of uh, self-assuredness and also confidence in the team, I think, is a really comforting aspect for folks to realize this is just part of us growing and, and being the, the best that we can be. And then to normalize the the, t- the stuff that's tough for people. And I do want to encourage folks, um, if it hasn't been something you've done, pick up the phone, um, talk with the senior team, say, you know, look, at if, if the senior most person wants to call everybody, you know, maybe it's in a month, you make the rounds with every single individual. My niece actually is a just started with a financial services firm and she actually called me straight away because the CEO called her and says, look, I know you're doing great and I'm just checking on you. How are you? Didn't take a lot of time and made her, just made her realize, wow, I'm valued. People care. And I would say that that sort of thing has so much mileage if folks um, perhaps can carve out a little time and realize that that's maybe some of the most impactful quote unquote work that you'll do. As, as you say that, it uh, reminds me of when um, people leave organisations and as they leave, they might have a morning tea or a, they catch up after, after work for a dinner or something. And often that's the time when they express um, how valuable that staff member or that leader has been in the organisation. And it would be tremendous now as uh, we're all going through these unprecedented times of saying, um, well, let's, let's take that opportunity to check in with people today um, and have those conversations today And um, because we all know when we leave and those beautiful words are said, people feel wonderful and they're engaged and they're productive um, and they, they want to come to work. They want to give that discretionary effort. Um, and I agree. I had uh, a couple this week where people have reached out and, and just saying they, they want to stay connected and feeling that um, level of support and connection, I think um, us being having the opportunity to do that with others, I think we should all take that up. I think that's a great idea. That's amazing. You um, are been fantastic. I have learned tons from you, my friend. Do you have a top takeaway you want to share with our listeners? Um, well, I've got to say your say it skillfully is a takeaway, but um, I, I think that, that round of clearing that um, starting a meeting, even if it's a very short meeting, let's, um, let's have a, a clearing discussion at the start so that everyone feels that they, um, we acknowledge that they bring their whole self to the meetings and opportunity to put that on the table and then we can um, talk about the things we need to. I think that's a tremendous um, new idea that I'll um, adopt straight away. That's fantastic. Um, I am here for you. You know, if, uh, if I can be a more help, Darren, don't hesitate to reach out. I appreciate your spending time with us and calling in. And as always, I thank you for being part of the solution. Thank you very much, Molly. That's great. You take care. 
I am delighted to introduce now from Arkansas, Jim. Jim, thank you for joining me on the show. Hey, Molly. How are you? Could not be better, my friend. My friend. Uh, That's what great. What's on your mind? Pardon me? What's on your mind today? Well, I wanted to just uh, ask this question and get some ad- advice and counsel uh I lead a, a team of about 11 salespeople, and we are in an essential business, and we are providing essential uh, product and services. And my advice to the team during this particular time has been the first thing to do is as they are making their calls and conversations with prospects and customers, really just to show compassion and empathy and care for uh, the people that they are having these conversations with. And really my question to you is, you know, it's a, it's a delicate balance between being salesy because we still have some things that we need to achieve in our business. And we also can provide some essential services and products to our customers and prospects So I'm really just wanting to hear from you how we can do that and it not be salesy and it not come across as, hey, you know, you're being insensitive during this time. And, you know, what what exactly is the purpose of our calls? So that's really what I wanted to reach out and just ask you. Thank you for raising this. I can imagine many people are um, on both sides of this, Jim. Uh, So it's a great topic to bring up. I really appreciate that. Um. So I, you know, what, I think how you started, which I just say is the humanizing of work and checking in. I mean, we all know we're in business, so it's not, you know, kind of a, it's not a secret that businesses need to generate revenue, they need to operate profitably. So it's not that we would shy away from that obvious fact. Um, at the same time, I think leading in with that, we're checking in, we're here for you, we care, and hearing how people are doing letting them share. Some people may have more of that opportunity. Your folks may be a great therapy for people just to have a chance to just vent and share. And that's a huge value. Sure. And obviously that's going to strengthen any relationship, right? That's a trust builder. You bet. Uh, right. And then I think, you know, finding out how can I help? And again, it may be directly with your products and services. Who knows? It may be in some other way. Um, and then as you get to a point you know, and I had this described to me, which I thought was really great. You know, a lot of folks are super, super hurting. They're really, really hurting. Um, and so we, we want to be in this together, which is to say we don't want to profit, you know, at other people's expense when they're hurting a lot, you know. So it's a bit of what feels right, what feels like we're in it together. And in some cases, you know, folks may say, I really, I want the service, um, I can't, I can't pay for it all right now. So maybe it's a delayed situation, you know, so it's without assuming anything, asking for folks, you know, how would this help you? What can we do? Perhaps in some cases they just can't afford the same level for now. And maybe you say, you know, we're willing, we're, we can take this, we'll sell it to you at whatever, you know, we feel like we can do. Maybe you'll, you'll lose money on some, I think your ability to say we're, sure. we're here for you. Right. And I think you, take it on a case by case basis and with your team say, you know, what feels right for us? 
<laughs> these are other human beings. You know, we have jobs. You know, you may, they may, a lot of your folks may feel so grateful, Jim, that they're actually able to work. <laughs> so, exactly. so I, right. So I just, I throw, let me pause at, at what's landing for you from all of that. You bet. Absolutely. Um, have you had particular situations, I'm curious, that um, either haven't gone well or, you know, just haven't, pe- folks haven't known what to do? You know, I haven't had any situations that have gone bad. I think it's, I think what I have encountered is just the general psyche of our team being sensitive to this. And then, obviously, from the executive management standpoint, the pressure to continue on and, and and be sensitive, but also we have some objectives, like you said. Hey, we're we're open for business. We're we still have a job to do, and just creating, as I said earlier, that that delicate balance of doing our job, but also being extremely sensitive and compassionate. And it it gives me great comfort to hear for for you to confirm because when we. When we started down this road, that was really my initial advice was to show care, show compassion, show, you know, and have that be authentic. Don't, you know, don't do it from a standpoint of, okay, you know, a superficial way that, you know, creates that even more negative feeling like this person really didn't care. All they were wanting to do is make a sale or, you know, pitch a product. So nothing really just in you know, in terms of what we've gotten back from our customers and prospects, just so many of them have been laid off or furloughed. Uh, I think really my my focus is on my team and how they are perceiving this and, and moving forward with it every day. That's perfect. That's perfect. One coaching item for your team, and you, you may likely have already have done this, but if they have a worry, Jim, I'm, I'm worried that I'm going to come off as if I am, um, you know, inappropriate or I am um, profiteering or, you know, whatever, help them to look at the first thing you want to do is be in good relationship with yourself. Own that. It's okay. Take a deep breath. And then if you're worried about that, just lead with the customer, Mr. Customer. I don't want to come across as at all trying to take advantage. I am hearing you um, say that there might be something we can help you with. So to, to give the team a bit of chance to share with each other, what are some of the words, what, are the, the, what language has worked for folks? And some of your folks who may not be as confident with this conversation the way you are can learn from each other. So that may be a way for the team to support itself. I love that. And no, I've not, I've not coached them on that, but that's excellent. That's fantastic. So I thank you for calling and you know how to reach me. Do you have a top takeaway I to did. share for our listeners? No, you know, it's just... It, in in all of this, it just you know the takeaway is we are we are the human race. We are the people that care for each other and that we need to be good stewards of this planet that we've been given. And that is in a mutual respect for each other and honestly, just a, a genuine affection and love for each other. That is uh, heartwarming. I thank you, my friend, for calling in. I am here for you. You know how to reach me. Um, and most of all, I thank, thank you, you for being part of the solution. Take good care, Jim. You too. Okay. I have a few uh, requests from LinkedIn Connections to share with you. Um, the first one is um, someone who's, uh, in a nutshell, she has some 
coworkers, and they are um, from outside the U.S. So different cultural backgrounds. And this person has been a great fan of Say It Skillfully, so perceives that she's really been trying to be skillful. Um, And they recently pounced on her, a little bit surprising to her. She had posted some information on an online project management site, you know, which is just kind of updating the program. And they were, you know, apparently very defensive and just jumped on her. And she tried her best to use I statements. You know, I felt like I was attacked. I felt, you know, I I was accused of something I didn't feel was wrong. Um, The other person got defensive, denied that, and wasn't very skillful herself. And so she was just wondering, how do you navigate this sort of thing? So I think in the moment, if people are a little bit hot and bothered, a great thing to do is saying, you know, appreciate everyone seeing this a little bit differently. Let's take a break. And come back to it later. So I, I, I would not encourage folks to lean in when tensions are a bit high. It's really not going well. Just, you know, everyone let it go, back up a little bit, acknowledge folks for caring a lot. And, and just note that, you know, we're in this situation that it's the same situation, but we're seeing it very differently. And then my counsel might be to come back and, and you know, as the person taking the lead, you know, I, get, I own this. I did not intend at all to make anyone look bad um, or do anything inappropriate. You know, if, if I've offended you, gosh, I really apologize. And just owning that and see what the other person, how they respond. Um, and then I think taking the human level, you know, I really appreciate you as an individual and I'd like for us to really want to work well together. And, you know, I, I, I want to trust you and I'd like you to trust me. And is there something that we can work on together to, to talk about that? Because at the core, that's the kind of issue that's going on. It's a trust issue. So rather than necessarily tit for tat what happened, to back it up, and maybe it is over a coffee, maybe it is over a lunch, create a little lightness and say, you know, I, you know, we haven't had a chance to actually get to know who we are outside of work and spend a little time. I have always seen that pay dividends. Um, for folks who may not seem willing, there's something about it they're a little bit intimidated perhaps by. So even a small step, a small conversation that helps you, helps them realize you care about them as a human being, um, I think is a, is a way to start to break into that. And for many people, they haven't necessarily had trust at work. You know, some folks have really been burned at work. They think people are out to get them. And that's obviously a very tough place to be. So have compassion if that's in fact um, going on from some folks. Unfortunately for you, maybe you're not in that case. So I hope that's helpful. You can let me know if we have uh, more questions on that. Um, and then I would love to uh, take you to a scenario. So Marshall Goldsmith, as you know, is a mentor, dear friend, a real inspiration. He's been doing, I want to say it's 1130 East Coast time, half hour sessions, just to kind of share um, for folks um, a chance to talk live with him. So I posed a question and he had a leadership one. And I said, you know, Marshall, for the late bloomers, for the leaders who only now really realize they haven't created enough safe space for people to communicate open and freely, you know, what's one thing they can do right now to signal to their people that they really do want to hear what's on people's minds? So he was fantastic. Um, First, he said, apologize. And it might sound like this. I realize I don't think I've created the environment for people to be open. I've asked you to be open. As I think back, I've snapped, I've judged, I may even have put 
people down who were open. I'm sorry. That is not your problem. It's my problem. I can't change the past. What I will do is try to do better in the future. Please give me ideas for how I can create a more trusting, a more open environment. How can I be a better leader for you? And the second part is to really be honest. Don't be S. These are tough times for everybody. Leaders have challenges too. Talk appropriately about them, right? So you have to use your judgment. And he says, you know, let other people see you as human. You know, it's not a show. It's not a pretense. You're not in some big act. And for some people, this might be a real act of courage. You know, be who you really are. Be humanizing. Um, bring back the human. We heard that in the previous caller with Jim. Be human. Um, it's not a time to be argumentative. It's not a time to be judgmental. Um, it, you know, it's, it's about working together to find the answers. So just to summarize, uh, Marshall's genius was, look at, apologize for the previous mistakes. Um, be honest about it. Own it. Ask for how you can be a better leader, how you can create safe space. And um, ask for ideas. You know, be human and, and how, can, how can you be the leader that um, they'd love you to be and uh, work it together. So, Marshall, thank you very much. And I hope, folks, uh, that's interesting. I can share the link for the actual video for Marshall if you'd like. I am delighted now to welcome all the way from Cairo, Egypt, Ahmed. Ahmed, thank you so much for joining the show. Hi, Malay. You are welcome. And I'm pleased to be with you today. Fantastic. So, Ahmed, what question do you have for me? Well, maybe it is not a question, but uh, there is, there is uh, an issue I'm facing uh, with my subordinates. The, new, the newcomers or the fresh grads, when they are joining us on the company, uh, I feel that they are careless. They are not like us. When I'm comparing myself with them, when I was in the same age of them, I find that I was responsible. I was caring so much about the company, about the instructions, about the policies. Uh, this problem I have faced with the newcomers, and I think my colleagues, when we, when we are talking together about this issue, I find that, or I, found, I find them, they are complaining the same. This is a very, a very frustrated because we are, we are keep telling them you have to be, you have to be, you have to be care. You have to be more care about the business. You have to follow the instructions. You have to follow the policies of the company. I don't know why, but this is the issue which I'm facing. So what do you think about this? Well, I appreciate you sharing it. And Ahmed, I have heard this from people all around the world. I would just well, rephrase it as a generational gap, a generational uh -huh. gap. And yeah. I appreciate the frustration. I know many people who have talked to me about this. That, that's great that it is not just me. It is worldwide also. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. The world is yeah. small this way. Yeah. Yeah. So... Often what I observe is folks who um, 
like yourself, it's very clear to you what it means to be responsible, what it means to be caring. And it's easy to assume other people have the same definition. And I have seen people where they they actually have communicated and what they haven't quite realized is that the other people haven't exactly heard what they said. And so I just offer to the extent, you know, we're all part of the problem. We're all part of the solution is, you know, let's, we don't want to make them bad and us good. We're all in it together. So that sense of you're coming across as a teamwork person is very helpful. So that's the first thing about your energy. Now, my sense is, and I have not met people who really wake up saying, boy, we want to be bad teammates. We want to do poor work, right? (laughs) So it is an opportunity to create transparency for your group as to what does it look like to be a good teammate? What does being responsible, what, what is caring? And to make that a conversation. So not so much you telling them, mm-hmm. but inviting open conversation. How does that sound? Of course, I think this will be great, and they will. It's a, it's like a warm conversation. We are trying to be close together by making such conversation like this. Yes, maybe, 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 maybe I did this before, but the the problem only is the reaction or the response. They they took too much time to respond. They took too much time to follow. When we are discussing something or some issue about the business, and I'm telling them you have to be more care. You have to be more responsible. Uh, This will will come back uh, will come back to, to us. I don't know how to say it, but I want to say I'm trying to I'm trying to tell them that the more the more you care, the more you benefit. You understand what I mean? Yes, I do. I think the opportunity is less telling, mm-hmm. more asking. And when I say asking, it can also be, you know, let's talk about being a team. And most people I know want to be part of a winning team and, and asking folks, you know, how are we all contributing? How are we well, helping did, and how did, are we did hurting? You, did you say less telling and more asking? Correct. Mm-hmm. Less telling and more asking. Uh-huh. Got it. Yes. Because... And part of that asking might be, you know, we've had this conversation 10 times. And Mm -hmm. obviously, I'm not saying something right, own that, because we seem to have the same problem. So help me. Help me. What what do I need to do? What is it that you need to know? How can I, you know, help this business and and Mm -hmm. offer that they're part of the solution. Yes, I think you you want to tell me trying to put them uh, 
in the heart of the problem uh, or trying to make them coming with the solutions. Correct. Correct. Mm -hmm. So it is about more, more being together versus you here, you and the older people here, over there are the younger people. How do you create a bridge and come together? I see. I got it. So I'll pause for a moment. What are you taking away from our conversation? Well, I think uh, and you told me a statement and uh, I'm thinking on it now. It is less telling, more asking. I think that this would be great. If I do this, it is uh, putting them on the heart of the problem. Try to leading them to come with the, with the solutions. Because when I'm asking them, what do you think about this? They will tell me the solutions. And I think this will be better than listening from us. It is like a teacher in the school. No, we don't want to need to do this. We want to more, to be more professional. We want to be more uh, mature. It's yes. all about, yes, I think it is a, it's a, a good statement. Less telling, more asking. Mm-hmm. That is perfect. I want you to know that I am cheering for you. And I want to especially thank you because I understand English isn't your first language. I know it takes a lot of courage to call yeah. in. And I really thank you, Ahmed, for, for doing that and showing a lot of other folks that courage too. So you know how to reach me. And if I can be of more help, you let me know, okay? Okay, and thank you, Molly, for your time. And I'm so, <clears throat> I'm so pleased to be with you this show Uh, that's fantastic I want to thank you for being part of the solution and you take good care so a moment of gratitude for all of you listeners and folks um, out there it's so heartwarming for me to have a chance to interact live with folks from around the world a special shout out to folks like Ahmed where English is not the first language it's not an easy thing to call in and ask questions um, and help to model that courage. And I just want to um, really warmly invite all those around the world to use your voice, ask your question. There's many people around the planet who have the same one, and it's a way that all of us can learn together. I know that it um, is a really tough time for many, many people. Um, so my heart is out um, to folks who are really having a tough time. I'm so inspired by many people who are in ways big and small, doing everything they can to help folks um, who may be having a tougher time than they are. Um, And that's just a real inspiration uh, for me. Um, I saw a quote, and I can't remember where I read it. It was uh, something to the effect of, it's not what you lose, it's who you become in uncertain and in difficult times. It's undoubtedly to me that we will see the best of humanity ultimately prevail. And I hope everyone else has that confidence and shares that confidence because that's going to really, that's going to be how we get through this um, together um, and come out stronger as a result. So um, I'll share my thought for the week from Chinese philosopher Lao Tzu. And it's knowing others is knowledge, knowing yourself 
is wisdom. And while there can be some pain um, and sadness in these times, I hope that folks are uh, taking a step back, appreciating how you are responding, what you are learning about yourself, uh, which of course helps you in the future uh, be of even greater, greater service to those around you. I thank you for tuning in. That's a wrap. Please be part of the solution and kindly share this show. Reflect on your top takeaways. And know I'm cheering for you to be who you are and say what needs to be said so that you and those around you have a shared reality, essential to make the best decisions, execute with speed, and achieve outstanding outcomes at work and in life. Homelessness is a problem that's more costly to ignore than solve. The U.S. spends $12 billion a year responding, but resources alone aren't enough. I'd like you to know there are cities and counties proving what does work. Partnering with Community Solutions, a nonprofit I'm on the board of, more than 80 communities around the country are succeeding in ending homelessness, beginning with chronic and veteran homelessness. They convene local leaders around data and are changing how they work and spend their resources. So homelessness becomes rare. More than half have already reduced the number of people experiencing chronic and veteran homelessness with commitment to get to zero. What can you do? Visit www.built40.org and see whether your community is engaged. Contact your mayor and ask, do you know the number of people experiencing homelessness in real time? Do you know every homeless person by name? What are you doing to drive measurable reductions in homelessness? Please challenge the fiction that says homelessness is an intractable problem. Thanks for listening to Say It Skillfully with host Molly Chang. Join us again for more ways to say it skillfully next Tuesday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow Molly on LinkedIn and Twitter. Check out SayItSkillfully.com and sign up so you don't miss her latest 90-second video. And please, be part of the solution. Kindly tell others about this program so they say it skillfully too. 